Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, just before we crack into this very, very funny episode with Tim Clark, just a few bits of housekeeping to do before the show. So, Comedy Festival, it started. Hurrah. Hopefully you're going out and seeing as many shows as you can. Uh, enjoy the month. I'm doing a bunch of shows. So I'm doing the six different podcasts. So four at Morris House, ex-European Beer Cafe. They start this Saturday, three o'clock. Get your tickets, go to joshua.com.au. They're $15 each or a season pass for 50 bucks. Super cheap. It's the cheapest I've done it in years, actually. Um, because I know that, you know, money's tight everywhere. So I want people to come and see the shows. So go along, get the tickets. Also, this Tuesday night, I'm doing the 100% Hits Best of the Best of 97 a bunch of people have said, hey, is it okay if this really good band come and support me while I do my song? Uh, yeah, that's fine, Jude Pearl. Have Tripod come. So that's going to be fun. They're doing a Shania Twain song. Uh, I've written it. it it's, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, the nine songs that the people are doing, they're great. So it's 11.30, Tuesday, the 4th of April at Max Watts as part of the Festival Club. So make sure you come on down. It's going to be fun. Also, I'm doing the uh, 18th of April, the Festival Club as well, the Don't You Know Who I Am, the international one. So we have Deanne Smith, Sarah Schaefer, Ed Gamble, and Mark Watson. So that's going to be a great one. So make sure you go to joshua.com for all the tickets.au as well. Also, I'm doing my kids' show, which is called Humankind. So this is starting this Sunday, April 2nd. Almost sold out. Probably by the time this goes up, you'll probably, probably be like less than 10 tickets left, fingers crossed. Um, so... This weekend, almost sold out, but if you've got kids or you know kids and you want to take them along to something fun, the other weekends, they're wide open, everyone, so come along. Uh, I'm not doing April 9 because that's Easter Sunday. I reckon the rabbit might beat me uh, for kids' entertainment, but it's 11.30 at Q Courthouse. Uh, really nice little venue as well, and uh, yeah, it's great. So the kids will enjoy it. You'll enjoy it as well. Tickets at joshelle.com.au. Everyone, if you want to hear, if you're outside of Melbourne or you can't get to the, the live podcast, Get on Patreon. They're all going to go up on Patreon pretty much the next day, I'd say, uh, all the shows. So they won't be in the main feed. Even the 100% Hits Best of 97 won't be in the main feed. So to hear that, the full unedited uh, version of it, go to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. That's patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. And you'll be able to hear the full unedited versions of all these podcasts that I'm doing in the festival. Uh, five bucks a month it is. So thank you very much. Enjoy this episode. It's super funny. Hello and welcome to 100 Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. My name is Josh Earl and this week, very special guest. First time on the show, should have been on last week, but I did a big old fuck up. Gompies, can you please welcome into your ears, into your hearts. It's Tim Clark, everyone. Yay. The return of the king. He's back. <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> and now I've upgraded from a podcast recording studio to a fancy meeting room. It is. We're here at Superdoll Studios. We have a projector screen on a very long table. Mm. We have a photocopier, which Tim's been getting up to shenanigans, people. He's been getting on there, photo- photocopying his face. It's a full moon tonight, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Oh. 
How you it, doing, it did seem like uh, being let in here, I was about to be fired from the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes. I should do a podcast apprentice. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to do another podcast. <laughs> Radio, You're did not, yeah, Radio did not want to pick you up. Um, how, have you, how have you been? I've been very well. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you for having me. Uh, very excited to be here. Uh, I, was, I was having some drinks with some friends last night and mentioned that I was doing this podcast today and read out the list of songs that we're going to go through. Yes. And the audible oohs and ahs, the gasps. They were, if they were a, a southern gentleman, they would be fanning themselves with a handkerchief. Oh, my, my. Yeah. I was giving them the vapors. <laughs> it's a great lineup today. It is a great lineup. It's volume 23, side A. Mm. So we did side B last week with Luca Muller. We're doing side A this week. And I, I, I held on to this because, you know, other people I would go, I'm just going to swap it around and do it in the order. But I'd already sent you the order. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good collection of songs. I, I would, I'd felt very bad if I actually know Tim. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get a Hanson and Umbop. You're gonna get these other songs. Yeah. But this one comes with an ad for TV, which someone sent me. So I thought No I'd third eye blind for you, Tim. You no. get Texas. <laughs> yes. Which I do like. Yeah. Let's play. This is the ad for 100 percent hits volume twenty three, just to get you in the mood. hundred percent hits volume twenty three. Eighteen hits like Hanson and Blur. Meredith Brooks. Spider Bait. Mr. President and Savage Garden. Also featuring Brain Bug, Alicia's Addict, Jewel, Eternal and Diana Arnae. Spice Girls, Texas, Rani, Culture, Keith Sweat and Third Eye Blind. The best so far is one... Now, the one they didn't say, but they showed their name on, was Boyzone. Oh, right. They're like, oh, we've got them on, but we're not going to promote them. Yeah. Jewel got the and featuring as well. (laughs) All right, so uh, we're going we're gonna to kick you this off. So, 90, 97. 1997. How old were you? I was turning six. Six? Yeah. Oh, you're a lot younger than I thought you were. I get that a lot. Oh, really? But also from younger people, I get, you're a lot older than I thought. I <laughs> no had, one thinks I'm 31. I had a gig the other night, and it was with Dave Thornton and mm-hmm. another young comic. I won't say her name. Okay. But she was like, we mentioned that, I mentioned I was 41. Dave mentioned mm-hmm. she was, he was 43, and she, she went... You guys seem younger, like 38. And I was like, that's the same. There's no difference It's there. the same. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. And then she made fun of me for wearing a corduroy shirt. And I was like going, ah, oh, it's all right. Corduroy is fine. I, I thought it was fine. Let wow. people know I'm coming. All right. Here we go. We're going to kick off this uh, playlist, the great playlist, with a song, which was a huge song in my school when I was uh-huh. in year 11. This is The Boys of Hanson, straight from Oklahoma with a song, their debut single went to number one in the States and stayed there for three weeks. Here it is, Mbop, and what a bop it is. Wait for that crunchy guitar yes. sound to kick in.
initial thoughts, Tim? Well, let me just say this. If it's wrong to be a 40-year-old man listening to Hanson with a 30-year-old man in a meeting room on a Sunday afternoon, completely silent, bobbing along while we wait for the break to come in, then I don't want to be right, Josh. We were swinging in our chairs. We it was great. Club movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favourite part was you trying to turn the volume up on the laptop, realising <laughs> that it was all the way up. It's that good of a bop. It really is. Yeah. It, look, it's, it's a good song. I loved it at, 11, at year 11, so mm-hmm. I was 15, 16... Too old, I think. It was in that time where this is not the kind of music I, w- I was liking, but I thought it was pretty cool. I would imagine, yeah, this would be go over terribly with, with men, uh, boys, uh, in year 11, year 12 at the time, because I was like, turning six. Yeah. I remember, I don't think I had this exact CD, but I definitely had a compilation with a bunch of these songs, and Mbop loved it at the time. Yeah. yeah. I was six, perfect, right in the wheelhouse. Well, this there was this and Oh, I Want You" by Savage Garden when they f- that was first singles. Everyone's like, "These bands are cool," and then their next singles were like ballads, and we're like, "Ah, oh, nah, nah they're not cool." But I remember the Monday after it aired on Rage, going into school, we were all talking about it. This boy band called Hanson, mm. until Ryan, I won't say his full name, came into school and he's like, "Have you heard that band Hanson?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's a good song." And he goes, "Yeah, their lead singer, she's so hot." Uh-oh. And we were like, oh, Ryan, <laughs> we've got some news for you. <laughs> That's a boy. And look, I'm not going to say, look, let's say 97 Tasmania. We weren't as culturally sensitive as we probably would have been in 2023. Right. Yeah. Poor Ryan. He's all right. He's doing fine. Hey, it's 99.97. Boys can sing as well. <laughs> yes. So the boys are Isaac, mm-hmm. Taylor and Zach. Right. And I didn't realize until I wrote it down, their parents really love the name Zach. Yeah. Because like I'm saying, do you have brothers? Yes. We've got Tim, we've got Time. Grant, and I-Tim. I- <laughs> <laughs> I-Tim 2.0, they introduced you in the grand final and everyone hated it. i got to say, I, I know Hanson, I don't know the, all the hits. I know them just pu- uh, peripherally. Big smack of Christian energy to them. Yeah, well, they're from Oklahoma. Right. That's, I think that's what they call the Bible Belt. Little Oki oh. boys. Yeah. Blonde bobs. Yeah. Isaac, Zach, Taylor. Yeah. They, they go to church. They started off in Tulsa singing a cappella versions of Rock and Robin and Splish Splash, you know. That would be so splash. cute. I was digging a bath. Uh, across talent contests all right. around Oklahoma. Uh, then they recorded two independent albums. Mbop was on it. Right. So they wrote this when they were all, not even, not even all of them in their teens yet. And this is the first version of it. This is, Ooh. it's a slowed down version. So I'll play it for you here. Oh. So see. This will appear in like a trailer for a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you've left your record player on the different speed setting and you've played it. I much prefer the first one. Yes. Faster, but this I quite like. That's it's it's, yeah. it's quite nice. Yes. And was that uh, ever released on like a formal album of theirs once they actually signed? Not once they signed. When they were going around all like doing their own shows, they had their own little CD they would sell at, oh, yeah. at concerts and stuff like that. Lovely. And and then they got signed. But it was one of those things that people uh, didn't believe that they wrote the songs. They were like, these are too good uh, to be true. The uh, lyrics make too much sense. Yes. For- <laughs> For a preteen boy. But then, when they got signed, they got uh, 
The producers were the Dust Brothers. So do you know the Dust Brothers? Oh, yeah. I know the... Uh, just by reputation. You're allowed to say it. Um, they did the music for the film Fight Club. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, So that, that that was in... Fight Club came out in 99. So yeah. we would have been working on that in 98. This was 97. 96, 97 they would have been working Big on this. Years for the Dust Boys. Yeah. They'd just finished working on Odelay by Beck. Right. And there was a rumour around that Hanson was a Beck kind of like experiment side project kind of thing. Oh. Because his last name is Hanson. Right. And he was into doing weird shit. Like he would do gigs where he'd just get a leaf blower and just blow it on stage and then that would be the gig. Right, right. So, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, but that that is not true. They Okay. Hanson are their own thing. No relation. They even spell Hanson differently. Mm. Okay. But Andrew WK is still four people, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Four different people. <laughs> Two um, of them are Avril Lavigne's. <laughs> at the time, also, the Dust Brothers had worked also on Korn's Kick the PA track from the Spawn soundtrack. So this oh, year. okay. Hell would, yeah. They were going from Hanson to, to Korn. Uh, oh, you've got it all. You've got Spawn. <laughs> you've got Fight Club. <laughs> I didn't realise Spawn, Korn, Hanson. Okay. So they added the drum break. They mm. sped it up. They said, let's get it faster. And then they also added the scratches from... They sampled them from Buffalo Gals, the Malcolm McLaren 1982 kind of... They oh, yeah. sampled. The, they could have just done the same scratches, right? But they sampled it and would have had to pay. Very anyway. strange. Yeah, I guess maybe back in the day, they were just transitioning out of technology where they could make scratches that no, easily. No, you could do scratches. This was '97. This was the the birth of every every like new metal band having a turntablist. Oh, scratches on a turntable. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and oh, and then that? yeah, years later, had to change into being the keyboardist. Okay, so uh, speaking of transitioning. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hansen's voice was also transitioning at this point and he never could play this version live, like the, 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 sped, up, the sped up the version. Sped up, yeah. And so when they had to move it to a different key when they played it live just because he couldn't hit the high notes anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. I've not seen it. I know they they went through a bit of a like a resurgence recently, like probably yep. a bit of a nostalgia kick. Uh, I know I've dated at least two women who stayed up to 3 a.m. in the morning to see like the YouTube live-streamed concert they did a couple of years ago. Right. Um, I know my types. <laughs> Nostalgic ladies. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what they would... I think they just slow it down now, back to similar to the... the, the yeah, they just... The demo version. Change a key. Yeah. Put it up. And then um, I think they play it on acoustic guitars now. I think that's yeah. their thing. Uh, the, dr- the video was directed by Tamara Davis, who directed Billy Madison. Oh, my goodness. She's done it all. <laughs> She's probably one of the most uh, influential people in my life. <laughs> you didn't even realise. Yeah, yeah. Comedy stylings and uh, Hanson, I can thank for a lot of haircuts in my day. <laughs> all right, moving on. All right. This is it's a great story, okay, of this next act. This is Meredith Brooks. And her version. <laughs> her version. I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> of the Chris Franklin classic bloke. Her version, bitch. I hate the world today. So good to me, I know, but I can't change Tried to tell you, but you look at me like maybe I'm an angel underneath Innocent and sweet 
Yesterday I cried I must have been relieved to see the softer side I can understand how you'd be so confused I don't envy you I'm a little bit of everything I'll roll into one I'm a Great track. It is really good. Yeah. I, I listened to that and I'm surprised that no one sampled the guitar bit. It sounds like a really good guitar oh, bit yeah. to do something else with. Yeah, that is interesting. It must be annoying to watch it, uh, to see Meredith Brooks in concert as well. And she has to play bloke first, <laughs> so you have the context. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to get to be here for the first in-context bloke chat. <laughs> We, you know what? It's come up about three times. Oh, I know. We talked about bloke, <laughs> but now we finally have context. Uh, so this is Meredith Brooks' story. She'd already had a twenty-year career before this song came out. Oh wow! Yeah, this was her first big hit. She was in a mm. band called Sapphire. They're from from Portland. They moved to Seattle because um, the scene was better. Mm-hmm. The band split up in '86. Right. She did a solo album that had some success in Mexico. Hmm. Okay. okay. That's all. In 87, she formed a trio called Graces, which had a song called Lay Down Your Arms, and that got to 56 in the States. Okay. And, and uh, you may mention it. What kind of music was Sapphire playing? Sapphire was a rock band. Rock band. All right, cool. Uh, Graces was more a uh, acoustic band. Mm-hmm. Um, 56, I think 56 is enough to go, yeah, I think I, am, I can have a career in this. Mm. I shouldn't just give up. No. I've got fans in Mexico, 56 in... It's, it's rolling, it's rolling. Uh, in 91, though, her label dropped her, mm. and so she went solo again. Uh, she signed to Capitol in 95, and two years later, this song came out from her album, Blurring the Edges. It got to number two here in Australia, Ooh. and Canada, and six in the UK. Do you have what kept it from reaching the top? Uh, no, but okay. in, in 90... It could be coming up. It could be coming up. In 97, I'm going to have a guess, it was the Macarena. But it's written co-written... By a woman called Shelley Pikin, mm-hmm. who also wrote What a Girl Wants. Oh, great. By Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Okay. All right. But this is according to what Shelley, this is what she said about the song. She goes, I had the opening lines, I hate the world today, and went, This is perfect for Meredith, and got her to finish it <laughs> off. <laughs> so I'm going to say those years before, from 91, after she got dropped to 95, probably not a great time in Meredith's life. No, no. Meredith, this this suits you perfectly. (laughs) I hate the world today. You fill in the rest. I'm a bitch. (laughs) Uh, The label were hesitant about releasing it, though, because it was called Bitch. I could see why, yeah. And they wanted her to change the title called Nothing In Between. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people just call it the bitch song. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, And they also wanted to censor the word bitch in the chorus. I've definitely heard... I've definitely heard... Um, versions of this on the radio back in the day where yeah. they have bleeped out. Not bleeped, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover. I'm yeah. a lover. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was a good day when you when you heard this song as a as a six year old when you could sing along. <laughs> it's like when you find out bitch is also like a female dog. Ah, oh, yeah. Carte blanche. Yeah. Can't. No jury would convict me. Am I allowed to? It was finding that out, and also, dude, in our school, I don't know, it might have been different in your school, but dude was a camel's penis. I've always heard uh, a whale's penis. No, I've always heard um, uh, testicles, oh. like a horse's horse and camel testicles. Oh, we we were told 
dude is a camel's penis. So mm. a cool dude is a cold camel's penis. Okay. We thought that was the best thing. <laughs> you run around calling your teachers cool dudes. Yeah, you're a cool dude. Yeah, got them. <laughs> All right, moving on. Right. Another another debut single for a band who we haven't, of course, haven't talked about ever. I don't even think they've come up in passing. This is Third Eye Blind and their song Semi-Charmed Life. Really is the boppiest number about Crystal Man. You love it. Oh, God. Makes me want to lose my virginity at prom. <laughs> Which will happen someday. <laughs> Listeners, you just need to be invited to a prom. Really gave it a shot with the high notes. You can't he, take he, it away from it. I apologize. I said I've never mentioned them before. I have mentioned it before. Oh yeah, because I mentioned in the episode we did about uh, Four Non Blondes, What's Up, that Linda Perry and the lead singer of this band, Stephen Jenkins, were housemates at really? one point. Yeah, and they oh. both r- played each other their new songs, and she played What's Up, and he played this. God, and they didn't know at the time, but they just played each other songs that would go on to sell 17 million uh, copies. God, to be combined. a fly on that. <laughs> Bong stained riddled. You know there would have been another housemate just going, Can you two shut the fuck up with this? <laughs> like yeah. Um so I've got to I've got to go to band practice with my four teammates. Ginger, <laughs> baby, scary, <laughs> posh. It's me, sporty. The good one. I, um, I, I really I really like Mbop, nothing to take away with. It real missed opportunity from opening this C D with that track because the the drums at the start, so good. It is, it is, look, I really like this song in terms of it takes me back to a place. Mm. It's not the type of music I like, right. but it is, this was 97, this was perfect yeah. for year 11, year 12. Two years later, I watched American Pie and I'm like, that's, that's like the guys I kind of hang out with. This is the soundtrack to my schoolies. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's about Crystal Meth, which apparently they saw their friends take at a Primus gig and then wrote <laughs> okay. about, and then wrote about the experience. Um, he says it's... Meth at a Primus gig. I know. Jesus. You'd think more mushrooms or you want, acid? Yeah, a, a downer at least. A psychedelic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Primus are one of those bands which, in the wrong party, you'd mm. get stuck talking to a guy who just wants to talk to about the bass licks in Primus songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Are you, are you tool, that guy? Your tool shirt is in the wash, <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> um, I like Primus, they're fine. Um... Betty's Big Beaver was a fun song in high school to learn about. That was mm-hmm. good. Okay, so this was a response song to Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side. Hence the doot, doot, doot. Because he says, and the color girl goes, oh, doot, 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 yeah. doot, doot, yep. Um, so that's, I don't know if you would know that without him having to say, oh yeah, I wrote this as a response. I think there should be more response songs. Yeah, and interpolation, I think is technically uh, what, what he could use in, in a court of law. 
Okay, this got to 29 on the Hottest 100. Oh, great. In 98, Dave Grohl declared it the song, especially the lyrics, he wished he'd written. Ooh, all right. I can't imagine Dave Grohl doing this song. No. Uh, big year, 98, for uh, Stephen. So Dave Grohl said that about him. He was also dating Charlize Theron. Whoa, all right. Uh, he then went on a... Th- the devil's advocate herself. <laughs> yes, he went on a three-month tour with what could be the most 90s co-headline tour of the decade. Ooh, oh, I want to hear this. And I reckon a young Tim Clark would, would have loved tickets at this concert. I think a 31-year-old Tim Clark would have loved tickets to this. Third Eye Blind and Smash Mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm on board. Yeah. So he and Charlie Theron, they broke up in 2001 and he started dating Vanessa Carlton. Oh, all right. And yep. he produced her early stuff. Great. Are they still together? Uh, he and Vanessa Carlton are not, oh. but the band are. Oh, that's great. They're still going. Last year they did a tour with Talking Back Sunday. Oh. And the Australian band Hockey Dad. Talking Back Sunday is my new podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Taking Back Sunday. I've written Talking. <laughs> and, and who else? Sorry. And uh, Hockey Dad, which are an Australian band. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, they're from yeah. Brisbane. Um, I have this thing on the show where I'll read it differently to how I say it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's real um, Anchorman vibes. I'll just say whatever's <laughs> I've written. I'll just say how it's written. Yeah. Talking Back Sunday would be a podcast I would have done six years ago. <laughs> to <laughs> no listeners, ten episodes, and then deleted it uh, overnight. Um, do you like this song? I do like this song, yeah. Like I said, it's uh, nostalgia is really playing a big part of this. Yeah. Because um, it was like it was... On so many soundtracks and movie trailers in like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I was just looking at them. They That first album had a couple of good good hits. They had Jumper and How's It Gonna Be, which yep. are both less uh, pop. No, not pop, no, not less poppy. Less um, fast pace. I can't even think of the word. But yeah, uh, yeah good on your third eye blind. Um, you know who else loves this song? Who else loves this song? Gillian Cosgriff loves this song. And right. She's performing it at the Best of Best of 97 on April 4. Listeners, go and get your tickets now at Max Watts, 11.30 on a school night. I know, but still. And I sent her the list and she came back within milliseconds saying, Third Eye Blind, it is un- unironically my favourite song of all time. Oh, fantastic. What, what day was that again? April 4th? April 4th. Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Although, Gillian uh, will be on on Wednesday because it starts at 11.30. So, okay, w- true. early Wednesday morning she'll be on. Well, I will I will be there. Great. All right, moving on to a song. You mentioned that the last song should have started the album. This song should have been the second song. This is Song 2 by Blur. Woo-hoo! I was kind of like stopping it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, you should have. Uh, we'll see what the edit says. I've got my head checked by a jumbo check. It wasn't easy, but nothing ends. No. Woohoo! There we go. That's where I'll stop it. Okay, so here it is. The fourth track on this album. Oh, but it, it is the number two track on their self-titled album. Mm-hmm. It's also the second single. Came in at number two on the Hottest 100. Oh, perfect. Number two in the UK. Great. 
and BBC One listeners voted it in 1998 the 15th greatest song of all time. Okay. So the numbers did go, but still. Uh, also, it's it's two minutes and two seconds long as well, and there's other other things in it which are like it, it all, all it all sense, it all man. fits. It's like it's like the Da Vinci Code with this <laughs> song. Um, so we talked about we've talked about the band three times. I think this yeah. is, I think this is the fourth time they've been on the show. Uh, so Graham Coxon. Uh, he took over more of a songwriting role. So mm. before that, Damon Albarn, who had kind of been doing everything, Damon Albarn was like, if you guys want to write the songs, go for it. I'm enjoying being on heroin. So you guys go for it. Uh, so he, like Graham Coxon, was really into the American guitar bands mm-hmm. and kind of wanted to write a dumb song <laughs> to almost stick it up the, uh, the record label that he was with. And so he suggested this song as, oh, this will, this will show them. And the labels loved it. Went, yeah, great. Yeah, do more stuff like this. And it is like, a good oh. song. It is undeniably dumb. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he said he thought it was too extreme. And, oh, he's, so it's two minutes, two seconds, two verses, two choruses. Right, right. So okay. song two. Um, at the height of uh, Britpop, Graham Coxon hated it. Hated the fakeness of it all, the industry. Uh, he didn't want to appear in the Blur song Country House film clip unless, and these were his stipulations, I must be dressed as a milkman and take no part in any action with which I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. He got in it. He One went, of them yeah. sounds very reasonable. Yes. <laughs> don't force anyone to do anything they don't want to. Um, so this a bit uptight. He needs a bit of heroin in this guy. <laughs> Chill out, man. Um, he So this song still... You hear it all the time still. Yeah. It has not gone, gone away. I remember I listened to the episode now two weeks ago with uh, Tommy Daslow and you were talking about jock jams. Yes. This is surely up there as one of the, the new jock jams. Yeah, this um, Seven Nation Army. Seven Nation Army, yeah. Always played in stadiums. So the Japanese national football team play this as their song. Oh, great. The Italian football team, Juventus, play this. Uh, Western United here in Australia play it. Uh, St. Pauli play it, which is the German... St. Pauli is the cool German football team, by the way. Like, all the punks like St. Pauli. Okay. They have, like, a skull and crossbones as their mascot. Right. I don't know what okay. division they're in. They're, I don't think they're good. But, uh, yeah, that's the... Mm. I only know that because Art Brood have a song about it. Right. And, yeah. Uh, Liverpool, and also, who support them, uh, big fans of Fat Pizza. <laughs> St. Paulie. <laughs> the patron st- saint. Of, I saw Paulie uh, Fennec at the, at the Arias throw a thong into the audience. It was, <laughs> it was a great moment. Now, that's too extreme for me. <laughs> um, Liverpool Football Club use this when they score okay. a goal. And also the professional ice hockey team, uh, the Ottawa Senators. Which All is right. a, a great a great name. The Ottawa Senators. The Senators. Are they in the NHL? They're... they're um, or second division, whatever I, the case may be. Or are they in the Canadian League? I don't know. Right, I, I, yeah. I don't follow. It's one of the few sports I have no idea. Right. I'm, not a, I'm not a big sports person myself, but I do occasionally get sucked into uh, like 20-minute long YouTube videos of just college football teams running into a stadium to enter Sandman or yeah. this or Seven Nation Army. Yeah. Oh, man, it's great. they got the fireworks going and uh, jets flying overhead. It's 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 At the minute, there's uh, March Madness, the NCAA... Mm-hmm. Um, basketball tournament and it's so exciting Tim yeah. even though the games are so bad you still have like 30,000 people in the stands who go to that college or went to that college in tears <laughs> either way if their team wins their team loses because it's a knockout competition it's yeah. like if you're out you're gone and you have these guys who they'll never 
they'll never play NBA. They'll never play professional basketball, but they've, they're here and they're doing it and they're doing the best they can and it really gets me, Tim. Oh, I'm watching beautiful. it and I'm like, oh, this team from this super expensive college, but their basketball program sucks, beating the, like, the national champions from last year. A real Cinderella story. I love it. It goes off. Speaking of going off, <laughs> <laughs> our, next, our next artist, Diana Arnaid and her classic song, I Go Off. A hundred thousand fireflies light up before me And if I turn my head on to the side They become my ceiling and the floor is slippery But I'm not scared because I dance with my guitar When my feet are bare and the lights are so bright And so unreal and my fingers are bleeding But I can't feel it and if you think that I'm quiet you don't read my eyes Cause I've got a lot to say And most of the time I'll go And if you don't believe that I'll go Right here, right now I'll go And if you don't believe that Well, I'll go You're not listening very hard There we have it I go off Thoughts, Tim? Uh, this was the only one uh, out of the whole playlist that I'd not heard before. Oh, you not heard this one I'd before? I'd not heard this one before. Oh, my. No, no. Uh, and tell you what, I really like it. <laughs> I like it too. I think it's great. I, it, I was not. I did not know what it was going to be going into it. Did not know expecting it. It's just Diana's voice yep. and a twangy guitar. And it's great. Yep. So her name is a palindrome. Okay. Diana. Oh, her real okay. name is Diana Gosper. I was going to ask about the name because yeah. in Spotify, uh, it's spelled A-N... With an H? No, no H. And yeah. then when you showed the ad at the start, it was A-H space. Yes. She put the H for numerological reasons. Okay. Yep. So that's that's what we're, we're talking about here. So this is uh, from her debut album. It was released on her 21st birthday. They wow. did a big okay. release party and on her 21st. So this is her life story. Pretty incredible. So I um, may just say, she... I. That, that blew my mind. I did not think... I thought she was like early 40s. She's got a great voice. Yes. So, uh, her mum died when she was one. Her dad and her two brothers travelled around the country and she said her dad was trying to run away from his demons. She spent time in foster care, children's homes. And at age 15, her and her brothers, uh, estranged from her father, settled in Nimbin. So, near... That's near Byron Bay area. Yeah. Yep. Near there. Uh, at age 16, she became a mum. And she would... Tra- uh, do gigs in Byron Bay and recorded this album. Uh, it cost her $10,000 and she got 500 copies of it pressed and her launch was at the Nimbin Bush Theatre on 8th of April, 1997, on her 21st birthday. She also sent one of those 500 copies to the king, <laughs> Richard Kingsmill. Okay. Who was hosting on a Triple J the new music show called, this year, 1997. Right. Yep. He... Loved the track I Go Off and put it on the rotation. The song peaked at 35 in the Aria Singles Charts. In the Hottest 100 that year, it got to 58. Ooh. She was nominated for two Arias in 98 for Breakthrough Artist and Breakthrough Song. Lost both to Natalie Imbruglia. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't, you can't go past the Imbruglia. Yeah. Uh, now, I recall mm-hmm. vividly... A batshit interview she did on a TV show called McFeast, which was Elle McFeast. Oh, yeah. Libby Gore. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a short-lived show. Yeah. It was a, like a 
interview show, a bit like your Andrew Denton Enough Rope, mm-hmm. where she'd get like just people on. It was like a Tonight Show. Right. And a week before uh, the um, Dana Arnaid episode, right. they got Mark Chopper Reed, notorious <laughs> gangland uh, okay. murderer. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the real Chopper, not... Uh, this is not Heath <laughs> Franklin doing his in thing. In character with Libby Gore in character as Elvin Feast. <laughs> yes. So... Shout out to any international listeners. Uh, we've had some great <laughs> culture here in the late 90s, early 2000s. Chopper had just got out of prison. Right. He'd been writing his books. Mm-hmm. They were number one bestsellers. Mm-hmm. He, the ABC, McFeast in particular, they paid for him. He was living in, in Hobart. Yeah. They paid for him to come up. They put him in thing and they said, we're going to give you like carte blanche to say whatever you want on, on air. Like you'll tell your story. We think we're going to make you like, we'll sell some books for you. It's going to be great. Right. Yeah, and they were like, um, the other, because it was live, the other uh, stations will edit it up. You won't get final edit. So so he went, yep, cool, and signed. But they did it in a way that you can't get paid for your, um, for like, can't get paid from crime kind of thing. So Yeah, or, um, um, yeah, fuck, what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Proceeds from crime. Anyway, proceeds. so so he um, got them to donate to a charity and he would do the like children's hospital. But the children's hospital say we're not taking any donations from from Mark Chopper Reed, mm. and so he would get the police to donate for him. So he would laugh and say the police are actually laundering money for me into right. charities. <laughs> like yeah, so he flies over. The um, apparently the producers were told, don't like give him too much time on his own because you <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna cope well. He drank. All the beer in the green room, mm-hmm. and when he came on air, he was very pissed, <laughs> and was trying like was mentioned something about. I mean, putting beer in the green room was the first mistake. Like, mentioned something about Libby's appearance, or like kind of talked about her tits, all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and it was horrible. You can't find it online anywhere. Oh damn it! It is one of the things. I, I went looking for it. Mm-hmm. I also went looking for the Diana Arnaid, right? Two week or a week after. Because I remember someone in the audience, because she was kind of, I'm not sure if she was on drugs or not, but she was very erratic. Mm-hmm. And Elle McPhee, Slippy Girl, was trying to make any sense out of the interview. And then someone in the audience yelled out, introduce her to Chopper. And it got a huge big <laughs> laugh. And a few weeks later, I think the show was cancelled and it was done. And they, yeah. God damn. But not Diana Arnaid's fault. No. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Diana. That was great. What a, what a, Whirlwind tour through Australian <laughs> culture. God damn. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Here we go. Ah, another it's like when Julian Assange was on David Tench. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think, who else is Australian? <laughs> David Tench. For those who don't know, David Tench was a computer animated <laughs> Tonight Show host and his first big guest was Nick Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was Nick Lachey. Yeah. And it was... Another Andrew Denton, we mentioned enough, right? Andrew Denton was kind of like producing it. Oh. But they didn't say who it was, but it was a fun... Because I was doing comedy at that time. Okay. And it was very fun as a host to introduce anyone with a bit of profile going, hey guys, big guest, the voice of David Tench, <laughs> Lawrence Mooney. And he'd get up and then people would do that. And One of the Kranskys is yeah. voicing it. You'll never know. And in the Herald Sun Confidential... They oh. actually would right. Uh, rumor is that Lawrence Mooney is the host ah. because he was introduced, and it was great. I, I didn't introduce him as um, David Tench; someone else did. Okay. Anyway, moving on. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To another man who spells his name backwards. This is Cram from the band oh. Spiderbait. Real name Mark. This is their song, Calypso. Great tune. Very, very good tune. Yeah. Uh, So this is the band. So Cram, Mm -hmm. Janet, Wit. They're the three members. If you had to, if you had like a sitcom in 2003 about a band starting up, you would name them Cram, (laughs) Janet and Wit. Wit. (laughs) Yep. Third single. He's the dumb one. Third single from their hugely popular album, Ivy and the Big Apples. Okay. So this song got to 13 in Australia. 23 in the hottest 100 that year. That's surprisingly low. That's what I thought because... Because they won that year for Buy Me A Pony? The year before they won with Buy Me A Pony. They were the first Australian band to win the hottest 100. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was looking at the winners recently. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Triple J Darlings um, and also Darlings of every festival it seemed in Australia around the time. Mm. Like, if you ever went in the mosh of a Spiderbait gig, it it was pretty hectic. Oh. As a small man, a small, <laughs> a small young man getting punched in the head by people with like tool t-shirts. Uh, they're originally from Finlay in New South Wales. Cram got accepted into VCA in Melbourne in 91. Must be nice. So they all moved there. He was doing music, not the uh, drama. Uh, and they started doing gigs at the Tote. Great. Where they met the band The Meanies. And The Meanies introduced them to the people at Ogogo Records. And from there, they started releasing independently uh, with Ogogo. Great. And, uh, yeah. Most like... They kind of, you know, are known overseas. Mm. They had a song in the Sex and the City movie. Oh, really? Shazam. That's what I'll be using when I next watch <laughs> Sex and the City. I want to know what the uh, what the song is. Um, so, have you seen Spider Bait Live? No. They're a fun band. Like they're just a three piece. Yeah, are they still together? Uh, they are. They they released or they were, did release or about to release an album called uh, Songs in the Key of J, I think, and it's all the it's a best of with all the Janet um, sung songs. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So Cram, really good, really, uh, even though he's on drums, mm-hmm. almost like the front man of the gig, of the show, of the band. Oh, I love when the when a drummer is the front man. Yeah. 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 He, he doesn't he, happen that much, but... Uh. He, he, see, he and Janet sings, Wits, I think Wits sings a couple, um, but someone will correct me, but... Um, yeah, Cram is one of those guys who is so enigmatic. I'm surprised he hasn't been tapped on the shoulder to do like TV stuff. 
All right, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 I'm not a huge Spider Bait fan. I mean, I had, I think I, we had this album as a family, so I definitely yep. re- remember this one in, in Buy Me a Pony. And I looked it up; they did do the Black Betty uh, yes. cover, which was uh, which was huge uh, as well. Um, but yeah, any any interviews I've seen with Cram seems like a very charismatic guy. Yep. Um, great name as well. Yes. Great as like a, a an Aussie curio to just pop out. Cram from Spider Bait. It's great. There should be a band called Cram from Spider Bait. <laughs> <laughs> really should be. All right. Big fan. Uh, my son is also a big fan of this song. Oh, gorgeous. And, and when he was like two, I would get him to sing. He loved it. And then he would sing it. And then at the end, go, I'm rocking out. Anyway. <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, oh, another another person we've talked about before. Another person who will be having a song performed at the at the live show. This is Jewel. And this is You Were Meant for me. I hear the clock at 6am I feel so far from where I've been I got my eggs, I got my pancakes too I got my maple syrup, everything but you I break the yolks and make a smiley face I kinda like it in my brand new place Wipe the spots up over me, don't leave my keys in the door I never put wet towels on the floor anymore Great tune. You like it? Yeah, I do. I really like because I I think I our family had this album as well. I yep. think my mum was big into Jewel yep. at this time. Was your um, mum into Jewel? Um, Cheryl Crow. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Shania Twain. I know your mum. Great. Yeah. Yeah. She's an Aussie mum, <laughs> just doing it one day at a time. <laughs> and who she got to help her out with? The beautiful stylings of <laughs> Jewel. <laughs> that vagabond living out in her car. Jewel. Yeah, we talked about her. We talked about her story about she was doing shows and living in a car. Mm-hmm. This is written by Steve Poltz as well and Jewel. They wrote it together. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not sure if they were a couple or not. He's in the film clip uh, mm-hmm. for it as well. Film clip was directed by Sean Penn. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, because he dated Jewel for a little bit as well. Yeah. I can't remember if that crossed over at the same time. Yeah. So Steve Poltz is still touring. He's quite often out in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of mine who you know and most people in Melbourne comedy know a guy called Milan right it brings him he's very good friends with Milan okay and uh, so he introduced me to Steve Poltz once great and I didn't realise that until now that he wrote uh, for Jewel so I'm like alright he's got some money yeah um, I was so also shocked uh, and this is probably just my own bias I, I thought uh, Who Will Save Your Soul would be her number one most played on Spotify but it's this by a Country Mile is it really yeah oh I didn't because Who Will Save Your Soul was the one we talked about last time. Right. Which was the first single, which I think was the higher song in this country. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. This people, one has the staying power. People love this one. Uh, so they had to re-record this. Uh, so just to go back, p- 
could this have been the one that Jewel did the karaoke thing with when it went viral a couple of years ago? Oh, uh, maybe, yes. Maybe it was. Well, this got to number I'm never going to look it up. Got number two in the US mm-hmm. and Canada. Of course, it's so Canadian. Can- Canadians love anything a little bit country. And three in Australia. So maybe it was a bigger song here, but mm. I still remember the other one more. Uh, so they got it to re-record the song for a more radio-friendly version. I think that just means cut it down, take some... Take some um, Verses off, make the chorus come in quicker. Put uh, some mention of yokes into the lyrics. Uh, it didn't uh, get much of attention and it was cancelled. And then they pulled uh, the video from MTV and then they returned again for a third time. And the version called the radio version, and that's the one that she has on her greatest hits as well. And that's okay. when it that's when it charted. So singing, check. Yodeling, she can do that. Write poetry, yes, she can. Acting. Yes, she's in Ang Lee's uh, movie. Uh, what's the movie? Um, oh, uh, is this around ninety seven? Uh, ninety nine. Yes, Ice Storm. Oh, okay. Yep, and she was cast because uh, her teeth were crooked, and he was like, "You're the only one in, in Hollywood with crooked teeth." I've heard about the crooked teeth with yeah. Jewel. Yeah. Yep. Th- those are the two things I know about Jewel: crooked teeth, lived in a car, and I guess now is a, a super famous singer. Yes, lip sync, not really. So she was to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl in 98 Mm -hmm. in San Diego, where she was introduced as San Diego's own jewel. She's not from San Diego. Sorry to interrupt. My my crazy brain has just informed me. uh, Ice Storm was 97. I think Running with the Devil, only 99, which I think she was in. Okay, maybe it's that one. All right. Going back. Going back. So... They introduced her as San Diego's own jewel. Right. She's from Alaska, so she's not from San Diego. She's from Alaska? Yeah. Damn. Yep. And uh, she was criticized for lip-syncing the anthem. Uh. And then the Super Bowl had to come out and admit that, yes, we have our performers pre-record the vocals just so we can have some peace of mind that it's going to go okay. Right. And so she is the reason that they had to come out. A bit like saying, yes, we know wrestling's fake, but just we have to, we have to do this. So, yeah. We can't give everyone a live mic. We can't trust them. No. Yeah. So, uh, Jewel, there you go. She's she, she's an icon for that. Oh, great. All right. Moving on. The song that knocked off Candle in the Wind for the top spot in America. This is Savage Garden and Truly Madly Deeply. Take that, Princess Di, <laughs> you dead, dumb bitch. 
He didn't even write a classic. He didn't even write a new song for her too. Just change the words for Candle an old the song. Wind 97. Come on. <laughs> Monroe spinning in a grave. That's you would be offended. I wrote I wrote a new song in your honor. No, you didn't. You just changed the words. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Alright, I've talked about him in the past, this yeah. Savage Garden. Mm-hmm. Darren Hayes has been on the other podcast. But That's he, right, yeah. Here's something I will say about them I haven't said yet. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Savage Garden are just the rock set for the late nineties. Oh, so yeah, I've ju- heard you say this. Like, have I said this before? I don't think I've said this. I think you've you've definitely brought them up in the context of rock set in. Yeah, I well, I just it's, for American audiences, mm-hmm. they're a duo from a foreign land, but a foreign ah. land which is not too foreign. It's a very predominantly white land, mm-hmm. and so they're not like it's not scary, and it's <laughs> just like write some big radio friendly pop hooks, and like kind of they have a, some guitars in there, and they're real earwormy. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that's what they are. So, all right. How did Savage Garden crack America, Tim? I do not know. Well, Joshua. let's find out. Pass it away. There was a man called Guy Zapolian. Hell. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm looking around a museum trying to think of a name off the top of my head. My name is Guy Zapolian. <laughs> so, he was a Phoenix radio programmer who, on a whim... He was the one responsible for Red Red Wine, the UB40 Ooh. song, cracking America five years after they released it. He just started playing it lots. He went, oh, I like really? this song from five years ago. And so he also started playing um, Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You by Glenn Medeiros after hearing it on vacation in Hawaii. Okay, so that became a hit. So he had a bit of a, a Midas touch, if you will. So he was working uh, as, as a music business consultant in the 90s and he heard I Want You. The oh, yeah. Thing. He was on a conference in Australia. So he took the song back with him to the US and then he, Savage Garden started angling for an American deal and the big labels were already familiar with the duo because this guy had been playing him on the thing. So then this song came out and the boys, they went from uh, Brisbane, mm-hmm. where they were living, to Sydney. Uh, Darren at that stage was married, but he, um, she didn't move down with him. Right. And they were living in a one-bedroom apartment and they could only have one meal a day, even though they had the hit with I Want You. Mm-hmm. Like that was earlier. Uh, so he thought he'd write a song for his wife who he missed dearly and he called it Magical Kisses. <laughs> and that opened the 2000 Olympic ceremony, right? <laughs> well, this song is Magical Kisses. Oh, right. Yep. So he thought that... Because he, he thought... They changed the song. He said, oh, Magical Kisses... Yeah. Bit of a weird title. Let's change it to Truly Manly DB. And he thought it would be a hidden uh, track on the album oh, when they did hidden hide tracks. This? Yeah. Because he thought no one's going to listen to this sappy love song. Uh, but then Charles Fisher, who was their producer, was like, no, no, the world loves sappy love songs. And uh, he said, you've just written your first number one hit. And he was right. Yeah. It was number one. It was uh, number one for 11 weeks on the adult contemporary chart. Hot damn. And it remained on the charts for 123 weeks in 2013 going... Uh, and in, no, in 2013, it was called the number one adult contemporary song of all time. Oh, the boys did it. They, Darren They truly did. Darren's associate. Daniel, Daniel. Darren and Daniel. Darren and Daniel. It's always the name I get mixed up with Daniel Johns because it's Daniel Jones. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I get confused with Daniel Johns as well. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Our, fi- our final song for the album... This is a song that you cannot find on Spotify. Not on Spotify. 
It is on YouTube, though, and this is Rani and her song, Always On My Mind. On Rani's website, it says that this... Oh, they got rani.org? Got, <laughs> dot au, got a lot of airplay on Triple J. And I don't think that's true. No. I don't remember this song being played on Triple J ever. And it sounds I, like it had a lot of uh, play in elevators. <laughs> in the background of Home and Away. Yeah. Cole's radio. <laughs> well, she did play it on IMT in Melbourne tonight, hosted by Frank... Frankie J. Holden. Oh, okay. okay, so... Well, it, we've had the headliner <laughs> of Savage Garden. The crowd wants more. The encore act comes <laughs> out. It's Rani. Okay, so it was released in June 1997. Mm-hmm. It's the lead single from her debut album, The Infinite Blue. And that album uh, peaked at 33 on the ARIA charts. Okay. In the ARIA Music Awards, she was nominated for two awards, Best Pop Release and Best New Talent. Lost them both to Natalie Imbruglia. Okay. On the single, it had a remix by Josh Abrahams of Totally Addicted to Bass oh, Fame. Oh, Pure Tone. Whoa, yeah. whoa, yeah. And according uh, to, um, on Disco, Discogs, uh, Paul Gray from the Aussie band Wawani um, wrote this song uh, with Rani. I remember Wawani. I don't know the name. Most famous because they used a guitar. Right. Yeah. That's why they were famous. Okay. But here, here is the big fact. Okay. Josh was sizzling this before yeah. the show. Rani, Nepo baby. <gasps> oh my goodness me. Her father. Who would have thought the talent exhibited in <laughs> Always On My Mind. Her father, Kamal. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow! This is, this is the daughter of Kamal. Now, I, this is the other thing I didn't know. Kamal... Is not his name. His name is actually Candia, and his surname is Kamal Avarsan. Kamal Avarsan, yeah, all right. But because he was a migrant to this country, he's like, mm. these guys aren't going to be able to say my name. I probably butchered it then. So he just went by Kamal. Right. Although, like Diana R. Nate, he also added an H to it because it's spelled K A M A L. Right. And he said people would introduce me as Camel. Right. He's Camel. So he put the H there. Well, he's so a cool that, yeah. dude. Now, do you know who is responsible for Kamal's success in this country? Um, I think I've heard this story, but I can't recall who it is. Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch? Yeah. So, Rupert Murdoch became Kamal's sponsor. He saw him at a concert in Adelaide and then tipped him 10 pounds. This is in 1958. Okay. So, um, 10 pounds, probably a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and then encouraged him to move to Sydney and without asking, uh, Murdoch arranged for Kamal to perform a six-week season at the Australia Hotel in Sydney. So, didn't ask Kamal if he'd do it. Just said, no, nah, booking, coming, coming over here. Oh, damn. And uh, he lived at the Murdoch's house for two years. Jesus Christ. So What a story. Yeah. Where 
Rupert Murdoch, an evil man, yeah. has made the world far worse. <laughs> but this is one good thing that he's gone, oh, yeah. I did a nice thing for this guy who Come was... I can stay in my house for two years. Yeah, this Malaysian Sri Lankan who was uh, trying to break into the industry in Adelaide. Yeah, fuck. I mean, maybe maybe my whole view of time is skewed, but 1958, I did not even think Murdoch was on the scene at that point. I, I no, didn't think he'd be that rich at the time. Well, his mum was very rich. Uh, Nepo. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, she was a big patron for the arts. A lot of buildings in Victoria are because she um, mm. donated lots of money. And so... Uh, she, the library, there's lots of stuff thanking the Murdoch family, which okay. you, when I used to work there, you used to go, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, Do not take this out of context. Good on you, Murdoch family. <laughs> <laughs> I support this one thing you've done. <laughs> and the Kamal thing as well. Yes. You know what, your track record, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> that's two things. Okay, yeah. now now it's the time. That's, that's all the songs yeah. from the album. Let's oh, by the way, uh, listeners, if you... Ever want to see a guy who looks exactly like Guy Pearce in circa 1997? Watch Rani's music oh, yeah. video clip. It is. It uh, really I is, really yeah. thought it was Guy Pe- it, It's him? It's not him. Oh, no. fuck. I thought, really thought it was Guy Pearce for a second. That would have been great. Okay, let's go through. Okay. Let's go through this album, starting with Is It a Hit? Mbop by Hanson. It's an absolute classic. Of course, hit. it's a hit. Okay. Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Hit. Okay, two. two. Okay. We have Semi Charm Life by Third Eye Blind. It's an, it's an in stadium home run. Hit. All right, song two, Blur. Out of the park. Four out of four. I go off, don't I run aid. For a song I had not heard before, I would say hit. Hit. Calypso, Spider Bait. It's a hit. Batting at 100. Round, round on the bases. You were, meant to, you were Meant for Me by Jewel. It's, it's a hit. Truly, Madly, Deeply, Savage Garden. You can't even see the ball anymore. The crack of the lightning. The cracker jacks are in the air. The natural himself, he's gone. They've only gone and bloody... <laughs> Loaded the bases, bottom of the ninth. All, all that can win this game is a <laughs> certified mega hit. You need a Barry Bonds coming up to the home plate. Oh, you've got a tough customer in the picture. Do we He's have? got some gel behind his ear. He's rubbing it on the ball. Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth. Who's stepping up? Rani with always on my mind. Somehow gets three strikes in one oh. and loses the whole World Series. <laughs> Eight out of nine, though. The Eight highest score we've ever had. That's It It generally was a great playlist. It is. And a, it uh, is thankfully, really Ronnie's not on Spotify. <laughs> it really is a very good first half yeah. of songs. Man, we, got, we did it, Tim. We did we it. Did it. We finally okay. did it. Two men sat in a room on a Sunday and listened to music together. <laughs> we finally did it. It's what, they yeah. said it couldn't be done. <laughs> men would rather <laughs> listen to music together than go to therapy. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, thank you so much, Tim. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's um, a lot of fun. You're not doing a show on the festival, but you are You are a part of M, M's Debutante. Yes, show. M's Debutante. Uh, it's only doing two shows this, this year at the Victoria Hotel in the city. Um, book online. I'm there on the 8th of April doing a fun little character. It's going to be a lot of great... Uh, a lot of great uh, people on that lineup yeah. as well. So book tickets. Uh, speaking of Victoria Hotel, if you're in Brunswick and uh, and uh, listening to this, I host trivia every Wednesday at the Victoria Hotel. We do a music round. I did 1997 last week. A lot of these appeared. It's great. Great time. Call, call your trivia team. Diana Arnaid goes off. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do see. It. Let's see if there's anyone there who listens. Great. Hey, uh, everyone who's listening to this, uh, I am doing. Uh, the festival has started uh, tonight. It starts, and I'm doing my first podcast at Morris House, which is Old European Beer Cafe. Saturdays at three o'clock, and then April four, I'm doing the best of '97. Home Zone hits have some great performers performing. One I can confirm now. So we have 
Jude Pearl doing a Shania Twain song and her backing band just happened to be those boys from Tripod. Oh, so it's going to be very, very good. So get your tickets at joshell.com.au. You'll hear some of the songs that we uh, discussed today will be performed live. There'll be a big screen with the words. We're going to have a big karaoke sing-along. Plus, on April 18, I am doing the live Don't You Know Who I Am at Max Watts as part of the Festival Club as well. So the lineup there is Mark Watson, Ed Gamble, Deanne Smith, and Sarah Schaefer. So four internationals, heaps and heaps of fun. Two of them have not done it before, which is always good as well. Hey, thanks everyone who's Patreon subscribers. You guys are the best. Go to patreon.com slash DYKWIA and get all the Pod Machine episodes there. That's enough for me. I'm going to go. It's Sunday. See ya. Bye. Bye, everybody.